And that group with me kind of we made a commitment that we wanted to do whatever we needed to do to to make their senior year, you know, the best year in Sam Houston football's history. I'm, you know, when they when we're when we're talking about goals and then that comes up, I'm like, you know, that's a big goal, right? Even to myself. But it's like, who am I? Like I'm talking about, I'm 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 posting tweets talking about limitations and talking about this. So who am I to to tell a young man that that's impossible? So so let's shoot for it. Based on the, the the turnover, you know, a lot of coaches kind of kind of run from this opportunity. Hey everybody, welcome back to the High School Coaches Club. I'm your host, Max Price, and we are one week away from 50 episodes. I can't believe it, but as I said last time, it is all because of you. I wouldn't and couldn't make this come together without you being part of the club. So just a huge thank you. And as you're preparing here for episode number 49, if you haven't done so before, please take a moment to leave a rating, maybe even a review, and definitely hit that subscribe button on whatever app you're using to tune in. Thanks again for joining me, and a huge thank you to Will and the gang over at Netting Pros for sponsoring the High School Coaches Club. In addition to the design aspect of facility improvement, netting professionals specialize in the fabrication and installation of custom netting, digital graphic wall padding, windscreen turf, turf protectors, benches, cubbies, and so much more. Obviously, baseball and softball are giant markets for netting pros, but they have tons of customers in football, soccer, lacrosse, track and field, golf courses, and just about any other sport you can possibly imagine. They are truly making facilities better all across America, providing high-quality products and services to recreational, college professional, and of course, high school facilities, fields, courses, and stadiums throughout the country. You can contact them today by calling 844-620-2707, emailing info at nettingpros.com, visiting their website, nettingpros.com, or by checking them out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. They're improving programs one facility at a time. This podcast is also sponsored by Driveline Plus. High school coaching is about effectively identifying and communicating what athletes need to do to improve. Driveline Plus is a growing and ever-changing library of the best information on baseball player development. Members will find how-tos on different baseball technology and the latest research findings from Driveline's lab, along with inside access to Driveline trainers to make sure you can effectively coach your team. Plus, members also get the best discounts that you can find on Driveline training gear. And an even bigger discount, listeners of this podcast can get $25 off their first year of Driveline Plus using the coupon code HSCC. That's the letters HSCC, yes, High School Coaches Club, for $25 off your first year of Driveline Plus. Go to drivelinebaseball.com plus to learn more. You can also find that link down in the show notes. This episode features Charles E. Brown III. He's in his first year as a head football coach, and he's doing it at Sam Houston Math, Science, and Technology Center, or as most simply know it, Sam Houston High School. It's a program that's had something like nine different head coaches in the last 11 years that hasn't won a district game in a decade. And yet, Coach Brown helped lead them to -to back-to-back wins, both at home, to open up the 2021 fall football season. It's just a really exciting time for the Tigers, and I'm so grateful to introduce all of you to a coach whose name will probably become pretty familiar to you over the years. He's a stud, and you'll see why here over the next hour. So let's do it. Let's dive in. It's episode 49 with Charles Brown. All right, I'm joined here by Coach Brown. I, I really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate the invite. Um, you know, rebuilding a, a 6A football program is a task, but but any opportunity we get to kind of talk about the Sam Houston Tigers and, and the program, want to take advantage of it. Well, absolutely. And that's where I actually want to start because I, I saw a tweet that you had a while back before the season started. Um, you know, I think it was during the summer after you had taken the job. Basically, you had said in that uh, that tweet that uh, quite a few people have basically uh, told you or did tell you during the summer that maybe this is a bad job. It's going to take three years to win a game or something like that. And then right off the bat, you guys win not just your first game, but your second game, both time in front of in front of home fans. So how cool was that for you just to be kind of vindicated right off the bat? You know, it felt pretty good. It, it, it felt pretty good. It, it just goes to show that that sometimes, you know, people who are not willing to take the opportunities that, that you're willing to take, um, 
simply because they just don't understand, you know, uh, uh, the, the opportunity that's in front of you. Sam Houston has always had talent. You know, they, uh, I think back in 2016, went to the uh, state championship in basketball. And so that there's talent in that community and area. I think football-wise, those young men were just looking to get behind somebody that, that w- will be there with them consistently. Um, and probably more than a year as they've had, I think it was eight different football coaches in the last 11 years. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. That's a huge amount of different coaches. And you just imagine being in high school for a year, four years as a player and having, you know, for some of those kids, that's probably four different head coaches that they had at some point. That's crazy. That's correct. Yep, yep. So I want to go into your life first and then kind of dive into to Chavez where you kind of got your start coaching wise. Can you take me back like for yourself back to your own high school experience and and what it was like and what sports you played? So in high school, I, I'm from Galveston, Texas, born and raised. I moved to the greater Houston area, Missouri City, Texas. I was about 14 years old um, where I attended Thurgood Marshall High School. Um who is you know one of the top football programs in, in the state of Texas right now. Um, I graduated high school in 2005, where I was a part of the first graduating class at Thurgood Marshall High School. I played football, played basketball, and I played baseball and ran track uh, for, for Thurgood Marshall um, from 2002 until 2005. So you played four sports in high school. I did. I did. My senior year, I, I didn't play basketball because I wanted to give baseball a try. Um, and so it, it, it was fun. It, it was a great learning experience. I hadn't played baseball since middle school at that point, but I told myself I wanted to I wanted to give it a try. And so we, we did that, which which put me at four sports in my in my high school career. That's awesome. Gives you a good, uh, kind of a good, I don't know, foundation to be able to talk to kids about the different sports that they're playing. Cause I know for some high school coaches, you get locked into your own, like, you know, for example, you're in a little like basketball world, maybe, and you don't really know what goes on on a baseball team or on a track team or something like that. And so having that experience for yourself is pretty cool. For sure. I think, you know, and, and I think, um, the the importance of being able to uh, get get this generation to understand how how important it is to be multi sport athletes, right? So so much of this generation is you know being you know pushed to do to do one thing or, or or play one sport, and you see so many times where you know they come off the basketball court and they're one of the top receivers in the nation or in the state um, and, and, and being able to find their niche, you know, on a di- in a different playing arena. So um, just being able to talk about the importance of being that, that multi-sport athlete. Was there a moment where you knew like high school coaching is something you wanted to do? I think at the moment, like most athletes realize that like, that professional thing is not going to work out right. <laughs> yeah. You know, what, what, yeah. what can I do, right? What can I do to, to stay around athletics, stay around the game and things like that? And then, you know, most in most cases drawn to, you know, drawn to coaching that way. Um, and I think that that's how, um, you know, I kind of decided that that's what I wanted to do. That's funny. That is really similar for me too. I was like when I was in probably middle school and early high school, it was, yeah, I'm going to be a major league baseball player. And then it doesn't take long um, for those of us who definitely aren't going to become professional athletes. It doesn't take long for us to realize it usually. And then for me, it was kind of the same thing. Like I knew at that point, like I want to do something to stay in the game. And obviously coaching was the, was the, the thing I got into. For sure. For sure. So I know you went to McMurray University and then eventually, obviously, we we dive in and start working at Chavez High School, um, spent something like six years there. Uh, what were the different roles that you held at Chavez? So at Chavez High School, I became um, just an assistant football coach, assistant track coach. 
Um, at the time, uh, it was a unique situation. The the head track coach was the campus athletic director or coordinator at the time when I when I started at Chavez, and so um, been able to work under him. You know, being the coordinator as an assistant track coach, and when I first got there, I was a linebackers coach. Uh, then I moved over to to running backs, and and then I kind of started. Um, kind of just growing in the profession and, and getting different opportunities. And by year four, became the, the the head boys track coach, campus coordinator, and the offensive coordinator. Did you, obviously you're a head football coach now, is football kind of the thing that you had planned on becoming kind of long, like your long-term role as a head coach? Or is this something that kind of was no, for sure. Football was always the the reason why I got into coaching. Um, I've always understood um, from from the time I was in high school how important you know uh, it was as it relates to marrying the relationship between football and track, right? And so to get the opportunity straight out the gate to be an assistant coach in both, even was just further confirmation for me. Um, and becoming a head track coach before becoming a head football coach, uh, which was the ultimate goal, just kind of gave me the, the the opportunity to 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 run a program, right? Kind of on a smaller scale, um, run a program, kind of see the ins and outs of how those things, you know, work and manifest. And and becoming a head football coach in the same district uh, in in Houston ISD allowed me. Um, to 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 kind of get my feet wet, and then when I got my when I when I got into this head coach football role for Sam Houston, you know it was it was an unfamiliar territory, right? It was just on a bigger scale, if you will. Yeah, well, yeah, and I just going back to kind of where we started the thing. We you know that tweet that you sent out. I think you might have it pinned. I can't remember, but I do. Um, yeah, I just it's two things with that one. It's really cool for kids to see, because if I'm playing for Sam Houston and I have a coach like you who comes in the door, I'm thinking back to like, OK, well, there's been eight different of these guys that have come through over the last you know decade. Basically, we haven't been winning very much like this is for a lot of reasons. This is a job that from the outside or on paper looks like yeah, it's just like uh, it's just another coach. He's going to just come here and spend a year or two and then be gone. And it's just really cool because then obviously you're like showing them on in just in a tweet, something so silly as a tweet. It's like, I'm here and I'm going to do everything I can to prove these people wrong. And I'm going to you know do everything I can to help kids be successful. And on the second side of that, obviously, it's really cool now that we can kind of take a step back and be like, well, obviously, we can put the like not winning a game for three years thing to bed because it, three weeks in, we're two and one. Right. So um just going back to your your time looking at this job from the outside, you're looking at Sam Houston. Obviously, there's a potential for you to step in as the head coach. What was the potential that you saw there? Like, why why this job? Well, I, I, first off, I think that you know, it, I was I was very fortunate. I, I've you know Chavez High School and Sam Houston High School are in the same district, right? Mm-hmm. So I've had yeah. a front row seat, if you will, to. Uh, to 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 Sam Houston and to the athletes that they have and and you know um, the facilities are really really nice. The school was just renovated, I think maybe three or four years ago. Um, and so when I when when I thought about an opportunity as my first opportunity, based on the 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 turnover, you know, a lot of coaches, you know. Uh, kind of kind of run from this opportunity, whether they take the opportunity and then run after the season or whether they don't even consider the opportunity right. because yeah, yeah. of the record and because of, you know, all the different aspects that come with, you know, rebuilding a program and a culture. But because I was at Chavez High School, you know, I was privy to some things that some coaches maybe outside the district, um, you know, couldn't see, you know, couldn't see from, couldn't see from their seats and, and the potential that, um, in the direction that we're trying to go in now, you know, I think, um, you know, are some things that I saw, you know, sitting in my seat at Chavez High School. That's a really good way to put it. It gives you kind of the inside look because like, you know, and, and like your tweet kind of alluded to, like a lot of people look at that job and they're like, eh, that's an unsuccessful. So obviously you take the job. And so, you know, people are saying those things to you and like, you know, at the top of the show, just really cool that you can kind of be vindicated 
from day one, uh, from game one, and now it's, it's kind of game on. And so um, what did that first win mean for you and, and probably more importantly for the kids? Man, I, it's hard to put in words, right? And and honestly, I would even say win two even more because, mm-hmm. no, you know, the first game, um, winning that first one, you know, after not winning for a while is always difficult, right? But the, the kids fought and they were they were all that they were always in that game, uh, score wise. Like the game never really kind of got away for away from us. Whereas in game two. Um, the start of the second quarter, uh, we were down 21-0. And so to for for a program who um, has a who who was known to have a losing culture, you know, going down 21 zero early is like, you know, you you might as well pack, pack, pack the bags and get back on the bus. Right. Those yeah. th- that that's like a, a big no, no. And so just to to see those young men fight and, and, and scratch and, and just grind and, and look up by the end of the fourth quarter um, and, and, and win that football game, it was, was just more confirmation that, that we are, that we are headed in the right direction. That's awesome. It's, it's belief. It's uh, you're right. I don't know if, if you lose that first game, let's say you get blown out and then game two, like you said, you're down 21 nothing. It's probably really hard as a coach to get the guys to believe in themselves and to believe in each other because, the I don't know, the concept hasn't been proven yet. I don't know. Maybe we can't win. I don't, and so you have all these doubts that creep into you. Even as an adult, you, that, that sure. just kind of creep in. But when you're 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, it's even more, uh, I don't know, it, it just really takes over you, I think. No, for sure. For sure. I think even going – to 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 this game that we lost, you know, you know, you look at the score from the outside looking in, it's thirty nine zero, right? But you you look at it from a perspective on on where you're coming from, and if you're not at the game, you don't know that we, you know, we got down to our third string quarterback uh, early in the third quarter. Um, you don't know that, you know a tweak here and a change there, you know, who knows what the outcome of the game is, but I know there's professional teams, you know, I just watched the Texans earlier who got down to their second (laughs) string quarterback and everything kind of blew up in their face. Right. And you're talking about a group of teenagers who got down to their third string quarterback, but never, never stopped fighting. Right. And so 39 zero looks bad, but when you have the full perspective, there's still some positive things there when last year fully loaded, you know, Sam Houston lost a game 82 to 12, 83 to 12 or something like that, you know, and they were fully loaded. Right. And so you get down to your third string quarterback and the final score is, is 39 zero. That still, you know, just lets us know, you know, while we didn't play our best, we, we, you know, we were undermanned and we were down to our third string quarterback and, you know, you know, how many snaps do they get in practice, right? Like just to still, um, you know, I say only lose thirty nine to zero. That that had the making for you know that loss to be to be much much worse. And so even in the loss, you know, you know we still have our heads up because we understand you know exactly where we're coming from. Yeah, and you're and you're coming into a program like we talked about that obviously hasn't had a history of winning. Despite, like you said, the you know winning state titles in basketball, you know only a couple years ago, and so obviously the program has the talent. There's players there, and so your job when you came in was to try to figure this thing out. And so when you took over, it's like Coach Brown, you're a head coach. Cool. What what was the first kind of few things that you did when you took over the program? Well, a lot of things because no one had been there for a significant amount of time. Right. There were just some foundational uh, or or fundamental things that had to be done, you know, even before the kids came into the building. Right. Um, For example, um, just, you know, making sure that, you know, sideline headphones for games. Right. I know for the last couple of years, like Sam Houston hadn't even had a coach in the box. Um, they hadn't even hired or had an offensive coordinator. And and so my thing was, you know, for us to have an opportunity to even start the process of success or turning this thing around, you know, as a 6A football program, I, I don't know how you, 
you, you know, to me, not having a coach in a box is like going into the game with one arm tied behind your back, right? <laughs> like you can't even see the other side of the field. And so just no kind kidding. of setting, setting some of those fundamental foundational things program-wise um, that I think has helped us, um, you know, as we start getting kids in the building, um, being being successful, and then obviously the the second phase of that is actually getting getting my hands on 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 the student athletes, and you know, uh, doing the best that I can to let them know that you know I'm here, and that you know I, I plan to be here, um, and and that you know they can they can trust me as, as we move forward, trying to trying to flip this thing around. That's. That's a good part too. So how do you get kids? How do you get teenagers when you're walking in the building as, you know, again, here we go. Another, another new coach who's going to be here for a year and walk away. Right. So how do you get teenagers uh, who have kind of gone through that before to trust you? Because it sounds great on paper, but ultimately you have to actually get them to trust you. So what, what types of things have you been doing or saying, or um, kind of going through with them to get them to kind of build that trust? Well, I, I, you know, I really believe um, that, you know, my ability to relate to the players is, is, is a gift that I have. And, and so when, when I, when I get to them, you know, it, it's not even always, you know, football related. Sometimes, you know, it's just letting them know that I, that, that, that I'm here, that I care about them. And then, and then the football part kind of comes later. Right. And so just just and, and a lot of times what I'm learning is, you know, um, once that once that happens, some of the best, re- I, you know, in high school using the word recruiting is, is scary. But but some of the best, <laughs> you know, recruiting tools that we have are our kids. Right. And so you get a, 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 a core group of kids in and they're they're coming and they're showing up and they're trying to see you know, what you're all about and, and, and the difference between you and the other three coaches that have came in and 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 they're learning you and they're learning your systems and, you know, learning that you care about them. And then when you look up and two days later when they come, they have three more guys with them, you know, mm-hmm. and just, you know, oftentimes that that's what I've I've found and I've seen um, that is happening. And then, of course, you know, you put that core group together and then you win your first game. And so and so now, you know, we're we've almost doubled in numbers, you know, since since that time. And so where, you know, you took over a program that literally in that last game um, of the season last year, um, if I'm not mistaken, they had 18 or 19 kids on the oh, sideline in total you know, in total. And right now in, in game three, um, we had right at about 40 to 41 kids dressed, you know, you know, dressed, dressed for the game. And so, you know, we, we, we're just excited, man, about, about the direction it's going for sure. Yeah. Well, in, in football, as we all know, especially high school, well, I guess any level actually really, uh, it's a, so much of it is a numbers game and you have to have people because like you're like you mentioned in game three you're down to your third string quarterback like you have to have kids showing up and if you're in a program that traditionally hasn't been very successful and obviously has kind of been served as a stepping stone it sounds like for a lot of coaches man what did you how did you start growing numbers from the time you took over were you going out and trying to put your face around town were you trying to talk to parents and kids going to other coaches like how did you get kids to show up for those first few days well, the, when we start, when we started, we started back. Um, my first day actually on campus was like June twenty first, and that was the first day we started summer strength and conditioning. Um, and I think I had, I think I had maybe nine or ten kids um, <laughs> there. Um, and we we got right to work, man. We 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 lift that day. We sat down. We talked. Um, you know, got to know the kids by name and, you know, just kind of push for them to bring people with them so they could see just 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 kind of get a feel for for what what was happening. And 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 we just kind of it just kind of blossomed from there, man. Kids, I think we 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 oftentimes don't give them the credit they deserve as it relates to really, truly 
having some discernment and knowing, you know, um, good or bad, right? Knowing knowing who's for them and, and, and who's not. And I think um, very quickly I was blessed enough for, for the kids to realize, like, you know, that this guy, you know, is just different than the last three coaches I talked to. You know, he's showing up every day, you know, the 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 staff the the football staff is showing up every day uh whether it's eight of us or 18 of us and we're and 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 we just want to try to to get behind them and, and every day i think since then um a new kid has showed up and so um we we've been we've just been growing we've just been growing ever since that's awesome to hear uh, going from i can't even I can't even visualize only having 19 players suited up for a high school football game. So that is incredible that that's how the season ended the previous year. And, and hearing that your first day on campus wasn't until late June, like to put together what you've put together in such a short time is really um, something to be proud of. Um, when you talk about, when you, when you talk about culture of the program, this can sometimes be tricky because obviously there was a coach before you, he was, I assume a real life human being. And so sometimes we're worried about stepping on toes and stuff like that. But um, can you get into a little bit, like what was the culture like when you kind of took over and maybe where do you want it to go? Where is it now? Like what's, what kind of direction are you trying to take it? Well, I think just because of the turnover, um, there was no true, um, there were no true expectations as it related to the Sam Houston football program, right? Mm-hmm. If you had a program, if, if, if you had enough kids to play, that was great. The outcome of the game really didn't matter. Um, you know, if, if, if you had enough kids to, to go out there and say that you played a football game, then that, that sufficed and you moved week to week and, and that's just what it was. Like nobody, I think, um, for an extended period of time was willing to stay and really, you know, um, set a, uh, a level of expectations that, that, you know, the, the, the campus and the coaching staff and the community and the, and the student athletes, uh, could, could reach and, and, and try to achieve. And I think just putting some expectations in place and, and obviously, you know, the winning the two games up until this point have just been the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. It, you know, that's it. That's just been the icing on the cake. But, you know, understanding like, you know, caring for kids outside of football, you know, is one of the expectations that I that I've set for myself and my coaching staff, um, you know, growing program numbers. So like, you know, Ideally, you know, if you have 40 kids in a program, all 40 of them are studs and they're just the best football players you've ever seen. But that's at a, at a, at a, at a school of Sam Houston where we're trying to, you know, rebuild a program. That's, but we don't turn any kids away. We, there, there's not a there's not a there's not a student in the league that can come to me or any of the football coaches and say I want to play football that we will turn away. And I think, you know. That's important, you know, um, as it relates to building the culture, because, you know, like you just said, we, we were in a football game where we were down to our third string quarterback. And with a team of 18, you don't have a third string quarterback. <laughs> right. Right. You don't, you, guys, you don't have a third string quarterback. And so while, you know, obviously, you know, there are some things that he, he couldn't do as it relates uh, to what our first team quarterback could do to 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 have grown numbers to even have that available, uh, you know, allow uh, allow for us to finish the game and finish the game in a way we could we could try to be proud of. You mentioned coaches, too, and, and you had said earlier that in previous years they didn't even have a coach up in the box um, no offensive coordinator right and so when you take over the program what was your strategy to find uh, assistant coaches that would fit within the standards that you're trying to build it was a it was a i would say it was a little luck and it was it was a little luck and it was a little it, it was difficult um, because <laughs> yeah. if, if my first day on campus is in June till June, yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking about. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Like a, a lot of people are already in contracts or signed contracts, and it's 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 hard, right? And so, um, my offensive coordinator, um, Coach Quincy Batiste, he he came by way of Northbrook High School, by way of Jersey Village, and so he had been in HISD um, many many years ago. Um, 
at, a, at another campus. And so um, I posted the job. You know, he, he made some contact with me and we talked about it once. Um, and then I kind of reached out to some different people that worked with him. And it, it, it just seemed like a good fit. Um, he was available uh, he, because he was in a district that contracts wasn't up yet. Um, he hadn't signed his contract um, where he currently was. And so it just kind of worked out. It just kind of worked out for for us as it related to bringing in the offensive coordinator. And that's what I wanted to bring in first, because that was something that the program hadn't had for the last uh, maybe two years or so. Right. And so that that that's what I was looking 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 to first. Um, my defensive coordinator, Coach Gary Howard, um, he he was in the district maybe a year or two ago at Scarborough High School, um, and he was the head coach there. Um, and so that was that that's the look I was talking about. There was a coach at Sam Houston that kind of I, I didn't even have there there wasn't even any more positions in the building for me to bring in any coaches. That oh, that man. was a time where I thought I was only going to be able to bring in that one coach. And uh, another coach last minute decided that he wanted to go elsewhere. Um, and I was afforded the opportunity to, to have that position. And I was able to, to bring on my defensive coordinator. Yeah, because that's something that is a little bit different in Texas from a lot of, of states, right, where uh, I believe basically all your coaches or most of them, right, have to also be in the building. For, well, they, they have to be either in the building or in HISD, they have to be in the, okay. in the district. Um, gotcha. They have to be in the district. So um, I could have a coach come from a neighboring school um, as long as he, he's a full-time employee of the district. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. But that does make hiring, uh, like you said, when you're, yes. you're that late in June, like, holy cow, okay. I'm just, that's where I was thinking, like, oh my gosh, like, how do you find how do you find yeah. coaches that are already under contract? That's right. crazy. It, it was it was difficult, <laughs> but we we got some luck there with coordinators, and then you know, um, you know, interviewing the staff that was already there, and the ones that wanted to move on were able to move on. Um, the ones that wanted to stay, you know, um, you know, was able to keep a few of those guys, and so um, we were actually able, for the most part, uh, minus maybe a coach or two to be able to to fill a full full staff. Yeah, as a head coach of football and also ironically of track which you've also coached, maybe not ironically, maybe it makes total sense. When you're a head coach of, of those types of sports, but especially football, you have to put a tremendous amount of trust, obviously, into your coordinators, into your kind of position coaches. Um, as a baseball coach for me, that's much less a problem because I have my hands on players much more so than you might have in other sports. Uh, and so I can be much more part of each individual part of the program. So you have to put a lot of trust into assistance. And so obviously, you know, having guys you can trust is important. Uh, what were those first meetings like? What kind of expectations and standards and things did you go over with your assistants? Well, it was interesting because the, the room was kind of divided, right? Myself and the guys that I brought with me mm -hmm. um, kind of understood, um, you know, They've, they've both uh, been a part of rebuilds before, so they kind of understood what it was going to take. Um, now, none of us could could see, you know, us having um, the success that we've had this early, um, but we knew kind of what it was going to take. The guys that have been there, um, while they were willing to do anything I asked, while they were they were they were on board, you could kind of see the hesitation when I say, well, this will be one of our expectations and this is what we're going to do. They're looking at me like, coach, I've been here. I don't know how you think you're going to get those guys to do that, but <laughs> it will help as much as we can. Right. Until, yeah. you know, until they actually kind of start doing it. And, and I think, you know, um, Sometimes we just, you know, kind of like I, I posted, like we, you know, I don't want anyone to put their limitations on me, like, we, you know, and on the program and on these kids, you know, um, let's shoot for the let's shoot for the stars and for the clouds and, and, and let's and let's see what happens, because these student athletes have been getting the short end of the stick for so long, in my opinion. You know, let's 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 give them the best opportunity to be successful. Yeah, just an un, just an unwavering belief in them, and 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 just see what happens. And obviously, so far, um, they're getting to see that, which obviously helps move things forward a little bit faster, right? If we're losing 
all the games so far, it takes a little bit more to build that. But obviously coming through and seeing it happen right away is pretty cool for them and probably for the coaches too. And so when you took over again, going back to this, because it's so fresh and I think it's cool for people to hear because I know some people who listen will get hired to take over programs that have struggled. And some might also get hired like you were pretty late in the game where we're down to a couple months before the first game. So when you when you sat down to kind of think through um, like team standards or team rules or anything like that, what type of stuff did you kind of create or put together for players? Standards were, were everything was fairly simple, right? It wasn't something like so crazy because I, I, I understood, you know, the, the culture that that was there and, and, and what and what we were faced with. Right. And so I didn't want to come in and try to and, and set expectations that, you know, we could never reach, uh, you know, you know, in, in a in a short amount of time, because at the end of the day, what I did recognize is that my first day on campus was June 21st. And <laughs> in less than two months, you know, we have to play a football game. And so things as simple as showing up every day. Right. Things as simple as like when you show up, show up every day and give maximum effort. I know those things sound cliche, but when you're talking about a program of, of, you know, 18 kids when they ended the season the year before, right. I'm sure at the beginning of that season, it was more than 18 kids, right. I'm sure at some point, you know, something happened to where those numbers start dropping. Um, And so my, my thing is if, if you show up every day, and you give maximum effort in all that we do, that is the start of the recipe for success. And now you can start teaching actual football, right? And so, it, you know, now, now you can start talking about schemes and concepts and things like that, which is hard to even get to. One, if you can't get kids to show up. And two, if they're going to show up and not give maximum effort, it's hard to even get to that. To, to that point. Definitely. I, I, I'm just listening to you talk and I'm thinking, man, how, how has you not been a, a head football coach before? Like you just, uh, it just feels like Sam Houston hit a home run with a guy. And I'm just listening to the, the standards you're going over, the process taking over, trying to give these kids this belief thing. Did you have head coaching opportunities that opened up before this or was this truly your first one? Well, I, I interviewed at a few other places, but this okay. is the, this is my first um, head coach opportunity, man. I've I've been around the football. Uh, I've been around football my entire life. I've come across some amazing people. Um, you know, different people. The coach Corey Giles, who who was the head coach at Chavez High School when 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 I started working there, he he had been coaching since his early twenties. I think he's like he's still coaching. He's like in year thirty something, right? And so for someone who who have, has been in the game that long, it's it's a lot um, there that you can learn and 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 be around and kind of soak up. And so I've just been fortunate to be around uh, a plethora of people and coaches um, that that have kind of shown me the way and and kind of some things of what to do and what not to do. So I'm I'm just grateful that when I were when I was blessed with an opportunity, um, I, I I had an idea of of how how I wanted to attack it. Let, let's get into this then. Uh... Just thinking, you're talking about Coach Giles and how he kind of probably spread up your maturation process a little bit. Um, can you offer us a mistake or something that you've made since taking over that maybe you could go back and be like, maybe I'd do this a little bit differently to help kind of speed up somebody else's maturation process? Well, one of the things is, you know, um, I would say don't pigeonhole yourself. Mm. Um, you know, um, What I mean by that is, you know, opportunities come up like opportunities come up and maybe you 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 believe that you're, you know, you're the greatest offensive mind since John Gruden. Right. Like that's what you (laughs) do. Like you can put plays together like nobody's business. But, you know, 
I think to understand the offensive side of the ball the way you do, you have to have some understanding of the defensive side of the mm-hmm. ball, right? And, and gotcha. what that means and what that does. And so if a defensive coordinator opportunity comes up, but you only you I'm an offensive coordinator and that's it. I won't settle for anything less. Um you may you you never know how, you know. Uh, being open to all opportunities can can help you um, when, when it comes to um, a, a, a role like this. And I wish that's something I would have understood even earlier than I did. Right. Because now being in this position, being uh, have coached, you know, special teams, offense and defense, I think just helps. Um, make me, you know, more well-rounded as it as it relates to to the game and to uh, uh, helping my assistant coaches be the best that they can be. That's gold and makes a lot of sense. I, I'm totally there for you or with you on that one. Just being, just as thinking, just as my role as a baseball coach, having to be able to dip my feet into pitching and hitting and defense and infield play, outfield play catchers. And it just, there's base running in, into that. So same thing as a, a head coach, right? You might not find yourself necessarily, I don't know, running the offensive plays, but having an understanding of the offense and the defense makes a ton of sense. Um, I want to kind of go here too, um, because now that you've had a chance to be at the school for a little while um, and you've kind of hopefully been able to, to take a breath at some point, although probably not since you just started June and you've been getting after it. But um, what types of things have you built into that program so far to try to help build leadership within the kids themselves? Well, l- luckily, there, there, there's it's not a big group. It might be uh, seven or eight seniors that that uh, that have that have stuck around. Um, and, and those guys, you know, made a commitment. Th- those are the guys I met with first. Um, gotcha. and, 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 and that group, um, with me kind of, we made a commitment that we wanted to do whatever we needed to do to, to make their senior year, you know, the best year, um, in Sam Houston football's history. And, and it's like, I'm, you know, when they, when we're, when we're talking about goals and then that comes up, I'm like, you know, that's a big goal, right? Even to myself. Um, but it's like, who am I? Like, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm, I'm posting tweets talking about limitations and talking uh-huh. about this. So who am I to, to tell a young man that that's impossible? So, so let's shoot for it, you know, let, let's go for it. And so I, I'm fortunate to have that core group of leaders who, who, who really believe that. And, and so far, you know, they're, they're, they're living it out, you know, um, you know, we're looking, we're starting district play this week. Um, we're in a pretty, we're in a pretty tough district. Um, of course, we've been picked last in the district the last, I think, 15 years. Um, and it's somewhere in there, they've won a district game, but it's been so long ago. I don't even, I can't even find record <laughs> of the last time they've won a, a district game. And so when we're talking about making history, it's not even the most wins in school, the program history. It's literally like, you know, uh, we want to win some football games. We want to win some district games, but at the very least, just just put people on notice that when you play Sam Houston High School, um, you know, it's not just going to be just this, you know, walking apart. Like it, it's going to be a little different um, and, and, and just kind of ride that wave to to wherever it takes us. I love that it's player led too, where you're, you're asking these kids what their goals are and that's what they come up with, because then obviously that buys that buys you so much more sway with them if you're going to hear them out. And it, like you said in your head, you're going, wow, that's that's quite the goal. But to not put limitations on them, what a cool thing for those kids to hear a coach kind of reinforce that and be like, yeah, let's do it then. 100 percent, man. I think um, player led teams are are the best teams. Those are the teams that, you know, um, it, it's easy for the coach to be the bad guy and push. But when your leaders are making sure, you know, they're showing up every day and holding the other student athletes accountable, you know, your job at that point is to just make sure it's done, you know, in the right way. Right. Make sure there's there's no, you know, no fights and no no things like that as as these other kids are holding the other the other student athletes accountable. But just, you know, just kind of allowing them to 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 kind of take this uh the, the you know it, as they envision it obviously with with some with some advice and with some and and and, and with some guidance along the way 
So I'm hearing great stuff about coaches, great stuff with players. There's also this third part of a program, and it's it's the parents. It's the people that those kids go home to. Uh, it's the community. So when you're, you're, you take over at Sam Houston, parents are probably thinking a lot of the same things. Uh, another coach is going to be here for a year. Here we go again. You know, we don't win games. We're just going to get blown out. So what did you do uh, in terms of trying to get parents or the community or both to kind of buy in also? It's going to sound kind of not harsh, but essentially like getting the buy in from the community and from the and from administration and the campus. Right. That wasn't actually my first priority. It was the kids. It was the kids. And I think once that happened, everything else kind of started happening naturally. Right. Um, you get more parent involvement because you, you you have more kids buying in. You have more kids coming, um, which naturally transitions to more community involvement. Um, matter of fact, after our second win, uh, one of the alumni, you know, uh, alumnus that 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 played back in 2010, he heard, you know, of some of the things we were doing and was just so happy that we were two and oh, that he, you know, he wanted to do something for the kids and he he. He paid for that pregame meal this past week. And so just, you know, just different, you know, things are just starting to kind of, you know, fall into place, if you will. Um, But I I, before the community, before the campus, before even the parents, um, my goal, the the, the staff goal was just to get the buy in from the student athletes and and kind of literally like things just kind of started progressing from there yeah it just snowballs those those kids are really lucky to have you they're fortunate but before i let you go i gotta ask you this because I, I did see this um that your district and correct me if i'm wrong on any of this but your district did kind of like a a combine basically for athletes in the district kind of similar to what the nfl might do before a draft or something like that w- what was that thing like it was pretty awesome, man. The, Andre Walker, the athletic director of the district, does a great job of of trying to put things in place to for for our kids to be seen. Right? Sometimes the the inner city kids don't get the opportunity that that some of the student athletes get in the suburbial areas and things like that. Right? And so he he tries to put these things in place for our kids to, to, to be noticed and to be seen. And so essentially there's a partnership. Um, I think it's called with the local sports network who, who, who they were able to put on a, a free combine for any student athlete in HISD. Um, and so we got the opportunity to, uh, we, we were afforded that opportunity. And I thought what an opportunity for, for, for some of my guys to kind of get out there and, and, and not only, um, kind of see other athletes, you know, across the district. Um, but, but just to kind of put, uh, put them on, on, on display, um, as it relates to, you know, um, you know, their athletic ability and the work they had been putting in, it was literally kind of like, you know, the, the end, the, the spring game, if you will, of our mm-hmm. summer strength and conditioning. And so it was it was a good opportunity for them to see, like, you know, it wasn't like they were out there running full fours, but to know what they've ran their junior year and to be able to go run this, you know, at this combine, you know, it, it just gave them opportunity to let them know that, you know, the work that they were putting in was really paying off. And so it, it was a, it was a great, great opportunity. Yeah, I think it's so cool. I, I I don't obviously colleges will put on pro days and things like that. I just don't know that I've ever heard of a school district having a combine, and I think it's something that I think so many of us can replicate uh, with a lot of success. And like you said, a lot of our kids they don't get eyes on them necessarily, not because they don't deserve it, but just because it's kind of the realities of the world in which some of us live. And I think it's just so freaking cool. It was. It was. It was a great opportunity. It was. It was stretched over a couple of days. They had morning sessions, afternoon sessions, and I mean, it was like a real combined feel. You know, they they had digital clocking out. I mean, it was. It was. <laughs> it was really laid out, really, really well. And I, and, you know, I commend Mr. Walker and, and and the athletic department for for doing that for our kids. It was really awesome. 
yeah, really special for them. That's great. It, it's so cool. Uh, before I before I let you go, I just want to give the mic over to you one more time and give you a chance to share anything that maybe we missed or that you feel really strongly about or you think coaches or, or people listening might get something out of. Um, just kind of hand it over to you one last time. Um, I, th- I think for me, I, I, I just want to be a, a good example of, you know, you know, um, understanding that an opportunity is an opportunity. Um, and it's just that. Um, don't allow what you hear. Don't allow sometimes your own fears, um, you, you know, to to pass up on an opportunity that may really be meant for you. Um, you know, face it head on because on the other side of it, you know, you, you know, you could be doing things that you know, nobody could uh, could have seen or could have uh, thought would happen in such a short amount of time. And so I'm just I'm grateful and I'm and I'm blessed and I'm, I'm just happy to be um, in this in this position. And I look forward to 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 being a Tigers head coach for years to come and seeing what 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 kind of noise this program can make in the, in the future. Well, I, I got to say, I was I was really excited when, you know, as I was kind of prepping for this, I looked up your scores and saw a win in week one and then turn around and there's another win in week two, both home games. And just um, after just reaching out to you after your tweet, it can be kind of weird. Hey, I saw your tweet. Do you want to come on the show? But uh, I'm just really grateful that, that we were able to sit down and have this conversation. And I'm very excited for those kids. It sounds like they've needed somebody just to believe in them. Um, even even if you did nothing else and you just believed in them, I think they'd be doing great things. And obviously you're doing so much more than that. But um, just just really thankful and, and grateful for you to come on here and thankful for those kids to have you. And so, Coach Brown, thank you so much, man. Man, I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, hopefully, maybe after the season, we could we could do it again and talk about the ups and the downs and just and just keep this thing rolling. I think um uh, what what you're doing, and 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 for programs who normally don't get this type of of opportunity to be recognized, man, we appreciate it. Um, and and I and I truly appreciate the opportunity. Oh, absolutely, man. We'll definitely bring you back on. I want to hear everything about it once you've had a chance to go through the season and rest for yourself and take a breath and kind of reflect. But uh, I, I'm just so excited for you and and for Sam Houston and those kids. So, thanks, Coach. I appreciate it. If you have an unwavering belief in your players, they'll reach heights that people outside your program never thought possible. Coach Brown made that clear in just his first couple of games at Sam Houston, and what a gift for that community and for those kids to have a coach who wants to be there and who believes in them. If you aren't signed up for the weekly newsletter or if you haven't picked up some High School Coaches Club stickers, you should definitely do so. Head on over to highschoolcoachesclub.com to get started. Don't forget to leave a rating or a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Most importantly, though, if you have found any value at all from this episode or from any previous episode, please share this on social media to your followers, via email to your fellow coaches, or through the old-fashioned word of mouth. Doesn't matter how you do it, just find a way to bring a few more listeners in who might benefit. That's how we all get better, and that's how we grow the club. Huge fist bump to Charles Brown for jumping on the call with me. And thanks again to Netting Pros and Driveline Plus for sponsoring the episode. And of course, to you for clicking that play button. If you have any recommendations for people who should be guests on the show, be sure to reach out to me. Even if that recommendation is you, follow the club on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at HS Coaches Club. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Max Price and can reach me via email max at highschoolcoachesclub.com. All right, that's it. That's all I got. You're awesome. You matter. Thanks for all you do. And as Coach Lee would say, loving you.